Caldwell Ministries, where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womanatthewellministries.org. Now sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk with Jesus Christ. We are given a charge in Joshua 24:15 to choose whom we will serve. Joshua boldly claims that he and his house will serve the Lord. This is a bold statement that is much easier spoken than lived out. Join Kim Miller as she takes us on a journey of the scriptures, examining what it means to choose to live for Jesus and to serve him earnestly. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries. And what an absolute pleasure it is to know that Jesus loves us. And he loves us on our best days, and he loves us on our worst days. But I think even more comforting to me is that when I am just right or left of the mark, it's the Holy Spirit who is continually working in me to move me into the center of God's will and where God would have me to be. And when I think about the awesome love that that represents, and the amazing forgiveness and the amazing faith that God has in us. We often think about our faith in God, but God has a lot of faith in us to believe that when we hear and listen, we will turn towards him. And I am so grateful that at a young age, the Holy Spirit convicted my heart, and I knew who God was. He was the Savior of the world, and he received me who could do nothing for him, who was unable to even repay him the slightest. But I've come to know as I've grown in age that even though I'm older and perhaps have access to many things, I still cannot repay him, even in the slightest, for what he's done for me. And so it brings me to this point that we're talking about today in the scriptures of standing your ground. We'll stand our ground for sports teams. We'll stand our ground for loved ones. We're stand our ground sometimes for politics. We'll just sometimes stand our ground to get our way and we forget all about doing right instead of being right. But when it comes to standing for God, for many of us, that's a difficult decision to make. And on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, many of us are found in the house of God, and all of us should be. But on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I wonder if our lives are showing others our dedication and love for Jesus. And the answer to that is yes. 
You're either showing them you love him with everything you have, that you believe every word of the Bible is true, that you've embraced his commandments, that you have sold out your life to Jesus, and that the world has no hold on you, or you're showing the world that you do a lot of lip service about how you love Jesus, but your works and your actions show an allegiance to the things of the world. Now, before we go any further, it's important that you realize that we don't work our way into salvation. Ephesians 2.89 says, For by grace are you saved through grace, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But James tells us that we will show our faith by showing our works. And our love for Jesus is going to be seen in our actions, our words, our delights, our focus, our efforts. And so when Joshua in Joshua 24, 15 says, choose you this day whom you will serve, we need to to think about that right now, this moment, this day. See, Joshua 24, 15 goes like this. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Have you made that declaration? Have you put that line in the sand that says, I am going to serve the Lord no matter what the circumstances are. I am going to believe him in the good times. I'm going to believe him in the bad times. I am simply going to believe who God is. And I've read from Genesis to Revelations, and I've memorized in my heart that I might not sin against him, and I am going to embrace his promises. I am going to live by his statutes. I am going to be all in, and that the world will have no allure to me because I have seen and tasted that he is good. That's what we're talking about tonight. That's, that's what we're thinking as we begin to ask ourselves, whom do you choose to serve? Because how you answer that question is critical. It's critical to your eternity. If you choose not to serve the mighty God, and accept the free gift of salvation offered through the sacrifice of Jesus, God's son, that you might have your sins washed white as snow, that you might be forgiven as the things of the world might get on you. If you've not come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and you are serving the world, you're going to spend eternity in hell. As for me, I'm choosing the non-smoking section. I want to spend my eternity in heaven. And I'm not waiting to see what happens at the end. I know because I've read the book and I win by the grace and glory of Jesus Christ. And when we begin to think about this world and we know that the devil is the prince of the power of the air, how is it that me, a mere mortal, with frailties, 
and a sinful nature could possibly stand against the prince of the power of the air, the devil. Well, here's the good truth. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And in Ephesians chapter 6, we're given a beautiful account of what it is that we need to do in order to prepare ourselves to war against the devil. Because as the psalmist David says, the battle's not mine, it belongs to the Lord. And so I need to prepare in his presence and accept his instructions for how I need to navigate day by day. And so in Ephesians 6, 11, he says to us, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We are told he's a formidable opponent, but he's not greater than Jesus. And he doesn't have power over the Holy Spirit that is in you. So from the get-go, you have the victory. But we have an opportunity to throw in the flag. We have an opportunity to not take on the armor of God and put ourselves vulnerable and weak in front of the devil. Those are choices we make. But Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. And part of choosing who you're going to serve is choosing to put on the armor of God. Choosing to allow God to cover you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. That's going to require a conscious effort to be in the center of God's will. That's going to require an acknowledgement that you need God in order to successfully maneuver this world. That's going to require relinquishing control of your life to the one who truly can control it, and that is God. Choose you this day whom you will serve is a daily choice. For many of us, moment by moment. But it's a choice we can make because he will enable us. Because in Ephesians 6.13, he says, Wherefore take you unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Now what that verse tells me is that it's not within my power. It is within the power of God that is within me. So I can stand, I can draw the line in the sand, I can be victorious at the end of the day because the battle's not mine, it belongs to the Lord. He is going to equip me, he is going to guide me, he is going to protect me, he's going to supply all of my needs, but I, Kim Miller, must choose to live in his presence and to follow his ways. What are you doing today? Because that same choice belongs to you as well. See, we are told in Psalms 46.10 to be still and know that I am God. And so as the day breaks and your eyes fly open, I encourage you to open your day in prayer an observance that God is supreme. To submit to him in a way that he will 
teach you and guide you, that you can hear his plans for you today so that you can walk in his ways, so that you're going to be in the place under the spout where the glory comes out, where you're going to have his blessings, his protection, his peace, and his joy. So you got to choose you this day whom you will serve. you got to get ready for the day because we're told that the devil walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But we are told when we have the armor of God, the victory is ours because the victory belongs to the Lord and we are covered in him and he's never lost a battle and he's not going to lose it now. So what does it look like to stand your ground once you have realized you've made the choice? Once you fully understand that you need his instructions and you've got to fight the fight, allowing him to control the battle. So you've equipped yourself with the armor of God. What then? Well, I encourage you to look at Daniel chapter 6. Daniel's an amazing example of what it means to stand your ground. In Daniel chapter 6, we see that Daniel is preferred above all the presidents and the princes because of an excellent spirit that was within him. The favor of God is upon those who follow the will of God. Let's try that again. The favor of God is upon those who follow the will of God. And Daniel had the favor of God. He was preferred above all the other people in the land. And it says it was because he had an excellent spirit. Well, I want to tell you guys, this attitude that you're portraying, this attitude that you're demonstrating, If it's not reflecting the Holy Spirit that is within you, there needs to be a change because there's an excellent spirit within every believer. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. He leads you. He guides you. He teaches you. He instructs you. He comforts you. He protects you. And that's the spirit that people should see. And when we're sold out to God, when we submit to his will, people will love you and find favor in you. And oh, yes, there's going to be people who don't like you. But God's favor will be upon you, and he will send those to help you and to protect you and to give you the things that you need. You'll have opportunities that God opens that man cannot shut. They may not make a bit of sense to you. But God has created a way where there is no way. Don't ever forget that the favor of God follows those who follow him. And Daniel had the favor of God. But this favor of God upset the other people in the land, the other presidents and princes that were in the land, because they wanted what he had. And this favor of God caused them to have an evil spirit. I want you to know there's going to be people in your life, though, that you have favor with God that are not going to like the God that is in you. 
And the God that is in you is going to convict the whammy out of them. And they're not going to want to be around you. They're going to cause you trouble. They're going to devise evil against you. They're going to say things that aren't true. Just make sure, as Peter said, that there's no truth to the lies they spread about you. God will sort it out. God is on your side. The battle is his and it's not yours. Walk peacefully with all men as is possible. Walk humbly with your God. Let him exalt you in due time. Follow his precepts and his instructions. No one ever said it was going to be easy, but the victory's already won. So all you got to do is buckle up with the Holy Spirit and follow Jesus. So Daniel's now in a situation where these princes and presidents, they're not liking what was going on. In Daniel chapter 6 and verse 4, it says, Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. You get this? These people are going through his life with a fine-tooth comb. These people are sitting in wait, gunning after him to find something wrong. But they couldn't find anything. See, because Daniel's sights were not set on pleasing the other presidents and princes. In fact, his sights, we're going to see in just a few moments, wasn't even set on on pleasing the king. His sights were set on a determination he had made a long time before this occasion had happened. He had already drawn the line in the sand. He had already chosen that he was going to serve the Lord. He had already submitted his life completely to him. He was all in and nothing else mattered to him. And so in this instance, in Daniel 6, chapter 5, what we see is these men then say, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of God. See, what the princes saw was that his life was such that the only way they were going to trip him up was if they found something that would be against his God. And so these men began to devise something that was going to make him choose yet again. And in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 5, when we see that it could find no occasion in Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of God, they began to talk about what they could do. And in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 7, we see that the presidents of the kingdom and the governors and the princes and the counselors and the captains, they all got together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. See, Daniel had a witness. They knew that Daniel prayed three times a day. They knew that 
For a long time, Daniel had been in communication with the God. And so now they wanted to do something because they knew that Daniel's witness was such. Now catch this. I don't think they wondered if this was going to get Daniel thrown into the lion's den. I think they believed. This is how we rid ourselves of this good do-gooder. He will stand for God, and he'll do what he's always done because he believes, and that's who he is. And so when we give him this challenge that you either stop praying to your God or you pray to your God and end up into the lion's den, he surely is going to pray to his God. Now I want to stop you for a moment right here. This wasn't the first prayer Daniel ever prayed. Daniel was prepped and ready for the challenge because he had committed a long time ago to serve God. He had chosen a long time ago to make God God of his life. And Daniel was in constant contact with God. It was custom for him. It was habitual for him. It was ordinary for him. It was vital to him. It was a solid routine. He prayed to the Lord three times a day. We pick up the account in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, and he says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, and what that say? When he knew there was a decree that if he prayed to God, he was going to be thrown into the lion's den. He went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done aforetime. The windows were open. He didn't even go in and shut the windows and pull the curtains. No, he was bold in his faith. He was bold because he had a relationship with God. He knew the characteristics of God. He knew the promises of God. He knew his God would take care of him. And what you're going to see that is amazing is the people around him knew the same thing. They knew his God was able to deliver him. At least the king knew it. The presidents and princes were probably so duped by the devil that they couldn't believe that God had any power, but they did did know one thing. They knew Daniel loved the Lord, and he wasn't going to back down, and he would choose God at any cost. So Daniel chooses to stand his ground and to serve God regardless of what happens. As we begin to look a little bit further, and we see it says, Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. See, he was so predictable in his walk with God that those trying to trap him up knew, if I'm going to trap him, it's going to be in his service of God. So no doubt they thought they had won this one. No doubt they thought this was amazing. But you know what? Here's what happened. What man meant for evil, God is going to turn to good. So Daniel's thrown into the lion's den. And we're going to see that Daniel's life is a testimony that others knew of his dedication to God. We're starting to hit home now. 
Do you have on the armor of God? Are you prepared with what God has given you and commanded you to be able to stand in the presence of your enemies and allow God to fight the battle? Have you done the preparation so that you have a relationship with Jesus, so that you have full access to God through Jesus the Son, so that all the power of heaven is at your disposal? Do you know him so that you know his character? Have you studied his word? Have you put it in your heart that you wouldn't sin against him? Have you committed to stand no matter what for Jesus? Have you learned that he said, be holy for I'm holy, and so you have set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth? This is the key to Daniel and his life. This is why Daniel was such a witness to those around him. That's our job, folks, is to point others to Jesus. Where does your life point others to? Following you, what are they going to come away with? So Daniel chapter 6 and verse 16 reads like this. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Who can say that about you? Thou God, which thou servest continually. And a lost man who didn't understand who God was could say, he will deliver thee. And that was based fully and solely upon the life that Daniel had lived in front of him. The people that you work with, they're watching you, folks. The people in your neighborhood, they're watching you, folks. The people in your life, they're listening to you. You have influence, and you're either using that influence for Jesus or you're using that influence for the devil, but you are influencing those around you. People are making decisions about who God is based on your life because in your lips you've said you loved him, but in your life you haven't. Or others are just clamoring to find out, why is it that you have peace in the midst of the storm? Here's Daniel. And I'm telling you what, the king is distressed because he loved him. He had sort of been tricked, but he had, his pride was not going to allow him to, to back down. And his pride was ultimately what was causing him to hurt his person because these people knew that the, the king was so proud of himself and so filled with Self-pride that if they brought this statue to him, that he would say yes. Pride goes before a fall, folks. Pride causes us a lot of problems. Pride causes us relationships. Pride causes us to lose success. Pride destroys us. Pride and self-reliance will always take you away from dependence on God. And it's only through the dependence on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that we can live the abundant life that God has promised those who believe and follow. So the king is in a bad way. But he's believing that God will deliver him. We look in 618 and following and we see this. 
Then the king went to his palace, and he passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. He knew he had done something wrong. His pride had caused a problem. But he's banking on the fact that Daniel's God will deliver him. And he said, well, it doesn't sound like that. Oh, he feels bad that he put Daniel in that place. See, Daniel is going to be delivered and and protected by God. But Daniel's human like me and you. It was an experience I'm sure he wouldn't have chosen to have. But he chose to serve God regardless of his circumstances. You see in verse 20, and when he came to the den, this is King Darius, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel, and the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lion's den? See, it was a consistent thought that the king had about Daniel serving God continually. It wasn't hit or miss. You see it in 16 and you see it again in 20. You also see in verse 20 that he realizes that God is a living God and that is based solely and wholly upon the life of Daniel because God was alive and well in Daniel's life. God was held up so that other people could see him. The results of having a personal relationship with God was something that showed others that God was real. What is your life showing others? Is God real to those people around you? He needs to be. And if you're standing your ground, you will be. Then you see, as we continue in verse 22, Daniel over here, he's, he's speaking. Clearly, he's okay. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouths, and they have not hurt me. For as much as before him in innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. It was well with Daniel's soul. And when the challenge came, He could stand and choose God because all was well between him and God. And there was a confidence and a trust and a relationship that gave him a peace that only God can give. If your life is chaotic and you can't find any peace, you need to search what has happened to your relationship with God. Because in his presence, there is perfect peace, regardless of the circumstances. And then the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. And he was taken up, and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. Mark 9.23 says, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. You can't just talk about Jesus. You can't even just read about Jesus. You have to experience Jesus through a relationship that he is begging you to have. He's knocking on your heart's door 
asking you to know him personally. To draw close to him and he will draw close to you. Daniel wasn't hurt because he believed in God. And he was in the center of God's will. What do you really believe in tonight? What is really important to you? Who do you really trust? And then I want you to see as we close this message, the results of this event that man meant for harm, but God used for good. In Daniel 6, verses 26 and 27, he says this, and this is the king speaking. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever in his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. What man meant for bad changed the king's life which no doubt changed many of the lives of the people throughout that king's kingdom. I want you to know that how you live your life can change the kingdom of God. It can be a living testimony of the grace and the glory and the truth and the realness of who he is. You can live a life that makes others want to see Jesus. And the scripture says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Buckle down in your life, people. Put on the whole armor of God. Exhibit the true spirit of the Holy Spirit within you. Let people see an attitude that is filled with grace and God's love. Be a living testimony and continually serve your God. Choose you this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Woman at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com watwm, where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Woman of the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. Greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you and you are loved. to have